Hui Maoliola proudly presents Leo Kupa, a ho'olono mai, the thought-provoking podcast on perpetuating Hawaiian healing and wellness. Brought to you this time by Mamalani, all natural deodorants, body powders, and body products. Aloha Aina packaging, handmade by Hawaiians. Use the coupon code LEOKUPA for a 10% discount at mamalani.com. Financial Benefits Insurance, specializing in Medicare, life and health insurance, helping to educate our communities to maximize their benefits. Benefits are our business, service sets us apart. Visit Financial Benefits Insurance at fbihi.com. The Indigenous Soap Company, created on the island of Oahu, the indigenous comes from their passion in using native medicinal herbs and oils from all over the world. Use the coupon code LEOKUPA for a 20% discount at indigenoussoap.com. Alana Natural Therapy in town and Pikoakea Therapeutic Lomi and Rehabilitation Massage in Kailua. Lotus Blossom in you. Lomi Lomi Ho'oponopono, Farm La'au Lapa'au, Dula and Pale Bahine Birth Support Services. Use the coupon code LEOKUPA for a 10% discount at thelotusblossominyou.com. Leo Koopa is hosted by Kamakanui Ahailono Jingao. Welcome to Leo Kupa from us at Hui Mauli Ola. The mission of Hui Mauli Ola is to perpetuate Hawaiian healing and wellness and empowering of people through healing. This Leo Kupa podcast is a way of capturing the stories of empowerment from our kupuna and practitioners in our community. Today we have a special guest joining us on Leo Kupa. She is the director of Native Hawaiian Healing at Waikiki Health. She comes from a lineage of Native Hawaiian healers who taught her skills that are valued both in the Native Hawaiian and general community. Her areas of specialties are Native Hawaiian healing, Hawaiian cultural education, advocacy for kupuna, chronic pain management, and individual and family counseling. Her Hawaiian healing modalities include Ho'oponopono, Lomi Lomi, and Lao Lapa'au. She has more than 35 years of experience as a registered nurse and Native Hawaiian practitioner. She has a Bachelor's of Nursing degree from the University of Hawaii and practiced as a registered nurse at St. Francis Hospital, where she introduced the first hospice care in Hawaii in a hospital. Other accomplishments include service, serving as CEO of Malama Ka'ohana, a Paoloa, developing programs to promote and preserve the Hawaiian healing traditions and lifestyles through providing opportunities for education, research, and apprenticeship. The initial pilot program to integrate Hawaiian healing with Western medicine. She is a member of the Waikiki Neighborhood Board, a member of Nahulule Kupuna Council, serving Native Hawaiian practitioners, and serves on the Governor's Board 
Pabia, Policy and Advisory Board for Elderly Affairs. She has received awards and recognitions from Molokai General Hospital, U.S. Department of Health, U.S. Department of Agriculture, American Business Women's Association, and many other agencies. Leo Kupa, today we welcome Auntie Fran, Francine Duruata Gupa. Aloha. Aloha, my. Mahalo for having me today. Absolutely, absolutely, Auntie Fran. Well, continue with this intro and share, us, share with us how you became passionate about our Hawaiian healing practices and <laughs> where you at currently today. Oh, I would love to say that that was my passion. But I, in the beginning, I come from a long line of healers. And um, when we grew up, we grew up with my grandmother. And my grandmother was a healer, her mother was a healer, and her great-grandmother was a healer. Um, I saw many people who used to come and see my grandmother when um, she would do her work, and her specialty was Ho'oponopono. So people would come from all over the world, and our yard was full of people, and she would work six days a week. So I knew right off the bat, that's not what I was going to do. So when my grandmother came to me to tell me, you know, I, it's your turn to learn, I said, I'm going to go to university. I'm going to get my degree in nursing. And my grandmother backed off. She literally backed off. Allowed me to go to university, graduate with my, my bachelor's in nursing, um, got to work at St. Francis, was part of the first hospice um, that actually was in the institution instead of being on the outskirts. Um, loved it. I specialized in geriatrics in school because I wanted to be, there was just something great about our kupuna. Um, worked with a lot of great Hawaiian families and even their, their grandparents that were part of the hospice program. Um, I got married and then had to relocate to Maui. My husband got transferred. Um, I lived in Kapolua. Wailuku is about an hour and 45 minutes away, and I was already having babies. Um, so I didn't go back into nursing. It took my grandmother about two months to find out, not from my accord, that I'm not doing what I, I went to school for. And she showed up at my door with my aunt, who really helped raise all of us as children, and said, you're going home. I will wait here and talk to your husband. She packed up my stuff, my kids' stuff, let my husband know we're right there. That island is right there. You can see that island. Come honeymoon anytime you like. You know, I was fortunate that my husband was very agreeable to a lot of things. Um, and that was one of them. So I went back to Molokai. And my grandmother, you know, made it very clear that you're going to do what is part of your legacy, whether you recognize it or not. So learning with my grandmother was real different than learning from school. You know, it was, uh, my grandmother actually put me outside to pull weeds. And I just thought, okay, I got all this great education. I'm going to pull weeds. Oh, this is real good. But my, after about a month, her yard looked really great. There was no weeds in the yard. And my grandmother came out one day and she goes, how you doing? And I said, what do you think? I'm so proud of it. You know, she had a section of the yard was, was strictly for flowers and adornments that she had grown herself, you know, always had ginger, always had gingers, always had gardenias. Um, my grandmother was really intricate about how she got these gardenias that they would bloom for six months, go dormant, and the others would bloom for six months and then go dormant. So, you know, and that was one portion. Then she had a portion for la'au. And then there was a playground. 
because there were nine of us there. And I was the baby. My father is the baby of the family of 18. So I was the baby and the only girl. So I grew up with a lot of boys. So that's where we would play. But this yard was, was just unbelievably gorgeous now. So, I, you know, I wanted, I think I really wanted my grandmother's approval of all the hard work I put into the yard. And she said, I said, well, how do you like your yard? And she goes, well, what did you learn? I said, I learned how to pull out a weed from the root and not let it break off. And have to, you know, I, I put a lot of effort in this yard. And she said, well, did you learn patience? You want me to learn patience? You could have just told me to go learn patience. I'll go learn patience. She goes, from your love and your hands, you've turned a yard that was full of weeds into this gorgeous monument. She said, this is from Keokua. If you cannot connect to the Aina, you cannot connect to the people mm. because the Aina came first. So she says, this is a good start. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be pulling weeds for the rest of my life. But my grandmother was really, her teachings were um, very spiritual teachings. Um, she was a very loving individual. Right was right, wrong was wrong. Um, very much about family. Very much, very much about everybody had to eat together. The core, my grandmother was a core of the family. You know, and with having eight kids and eight kids, I mean, having 18 children and all of them married, then you have all these babies and then you have all these great grandbabies. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, and not only that, she worked six days a week. She would see everybody who showed up on, you know, who showed up to see her. She never did appointments, never closed her door. Sunday was for the Lord. And that, and her and my grandfather, my grandfather was a retired conductor from the Royal Hawaiian Band. He retired in 1920 and they moved to Molokai. Um, but they were also instrumental about creating these Hawaiian churches. There were five families in each Hawaiian church. My grandmother and grandfather, were the, they were the pillars of these churches. But my grandmother was very adamant um, about family, about um, love, huge on love. Um, not making, a, not passing judgment, um, being able to help those who need the help. Um, I spent five years with her in learning, but I lived in her house, so there was never a break from learning. Um, you learn by example. You learn by protocols, what has been passed down from generation to generation to generation, um, knowing that when your mana gets involved with something that is lineage um, then you're, you're, there's, it's going to be a little different flavor, but you, it's going to be distinct of where it comes from. When I finished working with my grandmother, my grandmother says, I'm going to send you to your aunt because you're a child that needs to be doing more than one thing at one time. So I went to my aunt. <laughs> my aunt, she's, she was on Molokai, on the, on the east end of Molokai, and she says, okay, you're going to pull weeds. I thought, oh, God, <laughs> here I thought I graduated. I'm back to pulling weeds. Well, I started pulling weeds. I thought it was so great. She came out, she was screaming and yelling me. So that's all la'au. She goes, what are you doing? You need to replant. I'm thinking, oh my God, lucky I knew how to pull. You know, so I had to replant. But it was, her style was about you and the plant. It's your relation to something that is living that Keokua put on this earth for us. So it was always about you're planting a tree, you're letting that tree know what you're using it for, what kind of leaves it needs to produce so it can help other people. 
So I learned a lot about talking, just talking. It was about, you know, feeding every day. It was out there. You, you're watering what looks like weeds. You're watering these weeds. You're telling them, you know, this is what I need you for. This is, this is, I need to, I need you to help me to make the right dosages for those that are in need. And I spent five years with her. Then my aunt says, I'm sending you back to, uh, my grandmother says, I'm sending you back to Maui, to your uncle, but you're not to see your husband. I said, okay, fine. So I go back to my uncle. My uncle specialized Kalua Kaihua. Um, my aunt, Amolke, was Maria Place. So when I went there, she said, you will learn the art of Lomi Lomi. You will learn how to take the love that you took to, on the Aina and transfer it to people. So I thought, oh, okay, here I go. This man had a huge house, lot of yard, and I thought, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be pulling weeds. I'm gonna be pulling weeds. I'm good at pulling weeds. He said, and he says, okay, baby, you're gonna wax my car. You know, let me pull weeds. I'm real good at it, you know. No, you're gonna wax my car, and it was. He says, and I want you to pay attention to how you use your hands. You know, I want you to do this direction. I want you to do that direction. I want you to position your body on how that you can go for hours. You know, and that's what we have to realize that our bodies, if we are taking on pain from other people, we know how to redirect it to turn something into not so good to great. So, um, yeah, I learned how to wax and I, detailing was my forte after a while. Learning how to make the appointments, learning how to um, keep my, my uncle's workspace really clean. Um, the importance of um, communication, um, people calling in to make appointments. It was my job to call back and schedule that appointment. Um, knowing, you know, what he's told me, I'm not going to be available this time, that time. Uh, making sure that things ran smoothly. So all he had to do was work. Uh, five years there. Then I went back to Molkai. And I took everything that everybody taught me as well as my degree. And I started working, um, I started working with our kupuna that were on a lot of medications. So then I started advocate, you know, how come she's on this medication when she's already on this kind of medication over here? So somebody who's taking 17 pills can't we, you know, can't we, aren't we just kind of double dosing here? Well, that's not a good way to put things when you're addressing to a doctor. So I had to learn to use a kupuna to get in the door, to talk to the doctor about the medications, about, we've, you know, we're going to revisit some of these medications. Um, being able to use my hands, to use the la'au that was safe in combinations with medicine. Um, I got to meet beautiful people up at the University of Hawaii, with a lot of lao that I had learned, um, wanting to know what their scientific names were and what do, do you have, um, you know, written down um, that would talk about Hawaiian healing. Um, I had the most beautiful time with um, Beatrice Cross, who is one of the largest botanists up yeah, at the yeah. University of Hawaii. Um, and I had prided myself uh, my grandmother loved noni. She loved to use that herb for everything. And so what I did was I started to take, I took her recipe, I incorporated my own recipe, 
and different varieties to use that same herb to lower hypertension, to lower high cholesterol, to low, you know, working it as, you know, ear infections, glaucoma, um, ukus, you know, so you're making this herb in different, um, in different styles um, that's going to meet the individual. Um, I found out real early that um, people that are on beta blockers, that um, especially cardio people, people with heart disease, that's not a nerve you want to put them on because they're already thinning their blood. You don't need it to be real thin. So I just, I, you know, I really got into the scientific part of this. Um, I, you know, there were five families that are responsible for me being here in Honolulu. I helped uh, a lot of our kupuna on Molokai when, and then it was word of mouth. You know, people come, I'm at parties, or if people had um, events, like health events, I would come and, and, and donate my services. Um, but then there was here. You know, then it was around the era of the Native Hawaiian healthcare system. So I got really involved in that. And families um, came here, you know, brought me here to work on families. So I would come in and spend five days here in Honolulu and stay with families. And we'd just go from family to family to family to family. And I averaged about a thousand miles a week. So you would fly from Okay. And stay here for five days and just work on all the families who wanted to be worked on. And I literally traveled this whole entire island until, you know, the birth of the Native Hawaiian healthcare system. Then it was Ke'olomamo, um, being on their kupuna board, being on the Pu'uwai's kupuna board, home on Mokai. It was about the blending. My job was I wanted to, I wanted to be a bridge. That was my whole purpose. I wanted to be a bridge. There should not be, we should not be forced to just do medicine and not do our own la'au. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the concerns I had was our la'au going to take a little bit longer to kick in than Western medicine. Um, dosage is really huge. It really, was really, really huge for me. Um, figuring out the dosage, what yeah. was going to be right, um, how, what kind of la'au can you take if you're already on medication so you don't have a chemical reaction. Um, so it, on a science point of view, it, you know, I, I just knew that I, I needed to get bigger and better. So I would meet with my, my uncle because we all know home remedies. If you have 10 people here to do noni, you're going to have 10 different re- recipes and all of them work. They all work, depend on your moko, where you come from. So I just knew that if I could ferment stuff, if I could get things fermented, then I could travel with the la'au because these la'au are live organisms. So they're going to continue to grow and, and I needed them to stop. I needed them just to stop and know how to stop and how to keep it safe. What I'm gonna, what kind of dosage I'm gonna do? What when I give somebody for cancer versus somebody who's just controlling diabetes? I need to know. I need to know what these dosages are so that I know that they're safe and not just off the cuff. Uh-huh. So I just I I planted 168 trees on my property. I have no trees. That, yep. I have in in Molokai. I have. Um, an acre um, up in Hoa, and I pretty much dissected it up how my grandmother dissected hers but she had three quarter of an acre so I have plants for adornment to make lay to whatever anybody needs um, to la'au here's 168 trees trees I have trees that border my property 
those that border are useless. They're just for adornment because they're, they're grafted. But they're pretty. They're pretty. And then I have 168 trees. I flew to Napa to find out what their process was for their drip system and how I could integrate that drip system to my property. So it continues to get the love when I'm, I'm still running all over the place. I have 350 gallons of noni fermenting at any given time. And I still have the hardest time keeping up with the needs. And, and it is about, you know, it is about something that I would prescribe. No, come to me, tell me you like noni, because I don't know what's really wrong with you, and I really don't know who you are. Uh -huh. um, I think that you should find your practitioners, because they're in every moko. You're always going to find them by word of mouth. You know, they're not going to put their name on a list. They're not going to do that. So as time went by, um, I worked a lot from... Um, when I ended up staying here, mm -hmm. I worked a lot along the North Shore um, with Keolomamo. Um, we had a pilot program um, with our Hawaiian people, rather see their own kind, where they rather see a Western doctor and a Western nurse. And we had sites from Key Project to um, Punalu'u at QLCC to Hau'ula in their community center, to Kahuku by the hospital, to Haleiwa in the church in Haleiwa, Church, to um, um, Wailua. So every day I would be at a different place. And it, it came, the six-month pilot program, we saw three times more than what the doctor saw. Um, the problem with that for me was that there were a lot, but I would say from from Key Project all the way to Waialua, there was about 38,000 Native Hawaiians, which their health care was very poor, their diabetes out of control, um, unfixed income, a lot of disparities, um, Kahana Valley, oh my God. To be accepted into Kahana Valley, where you have these pure Hawaiians still living there today, um, to work with those kids that are at last chance, you know, getting them to work into the aina. If you can't, you're, you, you learn differently. It's not that they cannot learn. You just learn differently. Mm -hmm. It's finding the ways to get them excited about something. Um, so I partnershiped with um, HPU. And I asked if their nurse practitioners, as an internship with their professor, would come out and go from district to district to district. And, say, and basically, prominently, we're going to be working with Hawaiian people. You know, that's the community that I'm targeting. I won't refuse anybody, but that's the community I'm targeting. Um, and eventually, we ended up um, keeping Key Project, keeping Haleiwa, um, because the funds were drying up to substantiate these pilot programs. That's when Waikiki Health stepped in. Um, Pastor um, Chan, Frank Chan, um, he was very good friends with my grandmother. And um, he, at that time, was the executive director for Waikiki Health. And he said, I'll keep this program, you know, if I stay on. And I said, not a problem. And it took us about 17 years to get all the Native Hawaiians from Waialua all the way to um, Key Project stable. 
stable. It was about, you know, being invited into the house to see what you got in your cupboards, how we can take a fixed income and make it as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. The importance of taking medications on time, whether it be la'au, whether it be Western medicine. Mm -hmm. But the idea was you've got to be able to take something if we're going to make a difference and you've got to be, you've got to take it on time every day. And if you're taking la'au, we're just going to monitor by blood work. We're going to know if your A1C is doing good, um, if, if, the, if the numbers are coming down, that keeps you healthy. Um, we were, everybody that was involved in this program made a tremendous, a tremendous change in their lifestyle. You know, the, the rate that they were going, Hawaiians were going to die a lot quicker. And, you know, Dr. Kikuni Blaisdell was the first to say about the, the year of 24, 20, 2040, he said there would be no Native Hawaiians back. And I said... As long as I'm living, somebody gonna live. Somebody gonna live. I promise you, somebody gonna live. And it just it, it, it became a it became a project of the blending of two worlds. Uh-huh. Now Waikiki Health had always wanted me to be on staff staff here, and I, I just I, I I just needed to secure our work. You know what is part of our life. Um, being a practitioner is a lot of responsibility. And it's all about teaching the next generation. So I, I've taught a lot. I've taught people who don't want to work with a lot of people just to work with your ohana. Take care of your family. Yeah. You know, take care of your family. Malama ka ohana Paulua. Caring for your family. That's what you do. And whomever is your family, that's going to be up to you. But life has changed along the way. Our our babies are today are quite different than my children when I was raising my children. Um, it's very important. In fact, it's not open for discussion that we, we meet together, we eat together, um, we talk together, we converse together. It's very important that these things are part of our protocol and our family. Every one of my children have been trained. If I die tomorrow, three of them are, can walk in my footsteps. Three. It's about training. It's about sharing. It's about being able to um, perpetuate, to preserve what was given to us. We walk around as kupuna today saying, we stand on the, kupuna, on, the, on the shoulders of our kupuna. We already know what they would have liked, what they don't like. So it's important for us to, um, to be able to share. It's huge about sharing. It's huge about learning. It's huge about um, we're getting stronger now. Um, our mother tongue. You know, it's important that we share that. All of my grandchildren have gone to immersion. Today, they're speakers. You know, and I'm having, you know, I, I have 18 grandchildren. I'm going to be a great-grandmother. So it's important that those values, those core values, because a lot of our families are no longer mm-hmm. have a core, fa- you know, a core value. Um, they come together when they can. Um, there's other things in life that's more important. Um, you know, how can we nurture our families if we have to hold three jobs just to pay our mortgage? Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost impossible. So for us, it becomes Ohana Homes. You know, we, we go from home to home, um, and, and, and we're joyous about that. But it, be, it becomes about Ohana homes. 
My kids all know they can go home work at any time because they have property over there. Mm-hmm. Over here, you know, we're fortunate for my from my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, um, and and my kids are the beneficiaries of that. So they have to understand that they have to prepare for their babies. You know, they have mm-hmm. to prepare. And your core value should be, you know, no phones on the table because yeah. nobody talks anymore. Yeah. Nobody converts. Everybody busy on the phone. You know, and I'm going to be, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm glued to my phone, but in dinner time, my phone is off. It has to be off because I have to be able to hear what my babies are telling me, you know, whether it be good, bad, ugly, um, whether it's a dream, you know, whatever it may be, I've got to be able to have, let them have my fullest attention, especially when I'm giving it to everybody else. So it's important. It's important to preserve our practitioners. You know, we have across the state about 500 Native Hawaiian practitioners. Um, we were able, and, and, and we're not chosen. It's not a list. It's not a list. It's every moko has submitted a name that they trust in their district that becomes part of this big hui that the last time that we gathered together was 2004. We all gathered together to share and to talk about some of what's going on in legislations when people submit bills. You're submitting a bill, you're talking for me, but you don't come talk to me. Uh-huh. So, and, you know, we hear it out of the grapevine, um, then, you know, we have to put a halt on that because somebody thinks it's good for the state to regulate Native Hawaiian practitioners. So you're going to regulate me. Did you know my grandmother? Did you know my legacy? You know, are you, are you, I, I, I'm confused. I don't want anybody talking to me or, or for me. I, I, you know, come talk to me. I'm, I'm pretty transparent. I'm pretty face forward. But um, so we have to be, we have to be on top of things. We do. We have to make sure that their bills aren't going in there that become law. And it's going to be harder for us to undo those things. Then, you know, but we do have, you know, as a hui, as, as Native Hawaiians, as a hui, there's a lot of us to make a difference, to make a difference. So was there some, um, you know, when you're talking about those core values, mm-hmm. you know, what was some of those, you know, have those core values changed over time? You know, like the core values that you was imparted on in your training, you know, what was some of those core values that was, you know, the patience, you know? Mm-hmm. Patience else? was one of them. Love was a huge, kindness was equally huge, joy was was always there, always there. So joy in whatever you You know, know. it was it was gentleness. It was like you said, you had you had and believe it or not, they're all in the Bible. They're all. There's twenty seven values in the Bible. My grandmother took ten of them and said, This is law. This is law. You will not, you know, you will not lie. That's not tolerable. You will not um, do any harm to anybody else. You will not covet what somebody else has. You, you know, she just incorporated all of those learnings. And I think she added to it from her mother's time. Um, and, and, you know, when you have a line full of spiritual people, a lot of people will say, well, it's about religion. No, it's not about religion. It's not. It's about you. It's about your mana. How are you going to incorporate what your teachings are? How do you how do you brand that? 
You brand it when you're constantly, that's all you're hearing. That's all you're hearing. And then it becomes like putting on your clothes every day because that shield is there every day making sure that you are an instrument. You're not a healer. Nobody blessed you with that. Nobody, you know, my grandmother used to say, you're not all that. You need to know that up front because everybody's going to make a mistake. But if you keep your values intact and you don't get distracted, then you'll have nothing to worry about. You'll have nothing to worry about. So a lot of love, just tremendous amount of love. And we all know what that love feels like. It's, it's like the birthing of a brand new baby. It's off the chart. Yeah. You know, you, you can't capture that and bottle it and say, I got it. I got it. Because it's overflowing. It's in overflowing and above. Being gentle, being patient, that patience of being able to be in a long line, hearing everybody grumble, and not be part of that. Don't react. My grandmother was fat. She was just adamant about that. Don't react to somebody else's unhappiness. Don't react. Because that way you don't get sucked in. Mm-hmm. So these are the values we pass on to our children. You know, I, I want you to know things. I want you to be positive about things. I don't want you to tell me I think. Think? Yeah, I don't want you to think. Because thinking changes with the blow of the wind. So I want you to be positive about what you're doing. Um, if you're confused, you ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, and, and that really always floored me because I didn't have the right to ask questions. My grandmother said, if you're asking a question, you're in the way. Okay. Got it. Today, it's about asking questions. And I'm there, I want to be there to give an answer if I know the answer. If I don't know the answer, let's do it together. But it is that togetherness. You know, it's not, you don't kiss your baby when your baby's sleeping. You kiss that baby when that baby's awake, it's running around, it falls down. You kiss that baby. And the world is the same. I work with a lot of healers outside Hawaii, and it's the same. I always thought because we're island, out in the ocean, that other healers were, were so far advanced than we were here. And then I realized, oh my God. We're much more advanced. It was very important to me to be able to get a law passed to protect Native Hawaiian practitioners. And I thank Governor Cayetano for that. That's the guy who signed the bill. A lot of great people were part of that. So I'm grateful for that. It really is about me setting up the next generation. It is. Mm -hmm. The sad thing about today is that we have a lot of millenniums. And these are these babies are self. They're on their own, basically. They're on their own, so you're not gonna have that camaraderie all the time. What do you mean they're on their own? They're, they can, they they do their own stuff. They do their own stuff. They're on the phone. They don't need people. They're good. They're all good with their Facebook. See, you don't have to deal with your friends because it's Facebook. You know, you don't have to, or, or, or it's Instagram, or it's Snapchat. You don't have to deal with them. You don't have to get part of, you don't have to be part of their, their bad hair days. You don't have to be part of that. So it's easier for them just to be by themselves, do their thing. You know, and my grandson is a great example. Because now he's entering the University of Hawaii. And he said, Graham, I went for an orientation and all I saw were the kids on their phones. They, they don't have any friends, I might say. <laughs> 
that can't be you. <laughs> I'll just let you know. That can't be you. You, you need to be the ambassador of, of Aloha up there. But it, that's our generation now. But you got to look at what drove up to that. My grandmother's generation, family was family. Everybody came together. Anybody having a hard time, everybody pulled together. They gave what to donate to, to help um, every family that was having a hard time. Today, I've watched in my lifetime, you know, you hold three jobs. Three jobs to feed your family and to pay that $4,000 mortgage. It just, it can't. It can't. They got to work hard at this. You know, we don't, our core values, a lot of our core values for families are, have been just shot. You have no, you don't have any grandmothers anymore. You don't have any grandpas anymore. You know, that's spooky. You don't have leaders. That's spooky. How can we rekindle that Ohana basis in that family? How would that next step for, you know, these, you know, young families, you know, I mean, keeping in touch, obviously, with their kupunas, if they have kupunas still available, you know? Well, here we got our kupunas now that are in affordable housing. You really got to make that effort. I mean, I loved... Being on Pabia, being able to be around all these kupuna because they thrive when they're together. They have their own programs. They have, they've created another family for themselves when they can't help their kids. We're still suffering with drug abuse, substance abuse, um, domestic violence within our own community. And that's what made me expand from not only the director of Native Hawaiian Healing, but also the director of Puohonua. It's a prison program. And I get to go in and work with these kids prior to being released to the community. This is a community that nobody wants. Well, I want you. I want you to be strong on your feet. And in order to do that, we, we need to make sure you have food for your mouth, clothing on your back, and a shelter for your head. And start work giving back to the community that you've what you've taken. So it's important for me to work with our Native Hawaiians and our Pacific Islanders to say, you're not a bad person. Mm-hmm. It's just a bad time. So with what you know it, and that's my contribution as a kupuna to be working with these young people. And it, it it's it I love them. I truly do love them. I'm in every facility. Every facility on So that's when they go and be exiting out of incarceration six weeks i go in six weeks prior to them being released and i help them to fill out applications and their paperwork for medical for financial aid for food stamps um i've had a huge grant with hmsa um to pay for this so i give them clothing vouchers i give them transportation i make i help them to to obtain all their legal documents so they can get a job so these are, you know, for me, I, you know, my grandmother always taught me that a strong foundation is built on cement. She says, yep, that water, that water can wash it off, but it's only cleaning it. But that foundation is strong. And if we can give them a strong foundation, then they've got a chance at life. They've got a chance at life. But if we don't do anything, that becomes another homeless community of our people. So... Hopefully, I'm being able to train my, my, my grandchildren all go to community services. 
they go to the lawyers, they work in the lawyers, they donate their time. Because you've got to take care of that. That's food. That's the food that needs to, we need to continue to feed our people. Because they found fast food and high in diabetes. So at age 30 now, I'm seeing the ones that are really, their diabetes, their diabetes are out of control. That's way too long. That's a deadly disease that happened at 60, 65, yeah. not at 24, 26, 30. Are we seeing it more prevalent? More prevalent like that, and, and cancer is another one. So, you know, I look at these things and I go, oh my God, we, we were not created for this. We weren't, we're not supposed to leave early. We're not. Your job isn't done here yet. But that's what's happening to our people today. So for the, you know, th those practitioners who are maybe studying Lomi Lomi, Lao Lapa'au, you know, what is, you know, what would you, what would be some of the characteristics that you would say would be good, like important for those, or like someone you would consider an excellent practitioner mm. or a great practitioner of mm. Lomi Lomi or Lao Lapa'au? Mm or Ho'oponopono, what would those characteristics or those traits? You know, the one thing that com that really does connect all of us that have been around for a while um, is is that spiritual part component, that, 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 that spirituality that we all have. Um, is, it's very important. We know that being a practitioner isn't for everybody. Um, and definitely, you know, there's no, nobody that I know of um, in our state that is bridging that gap through Western medicine. Um, but I, you know, I, for me personally is that we got to remember where we come from and how we learned. And what, of your mana, what are you, what are you bringing forward with your, from your teachers? Because we keep our kupuna alive, each and every one of us. You know, what are you bringing forward of your, of your kupuna? And what are you adding to your kupuna's technique that's going to benefit the next practitioner? Are you teaching? We cannot go to, we can't go to our grave with everything that Keoko gave us. We have to be able to share we got to be able, if we're saying we're, you know, I've heard all the time, we're perpetuating, we're preserving. What you preserving? What you perpetuating? I don't see the classes. Um, I, I, you know, I marvel at all the practitioners um, that are younger now, that, that are eager. We all been there. We all get hurt because we all been there. We're, we're going to be the next, you know, we're the next thing. Yeah, been there, done that. No, you're not. You're only going to be as good as Kirkwood wants you to be. But when we talk about protocols and we are perpetuating and preserving, we're preserving our legacy. Our legacy. It's not a right. It's an honor. It's a privilege. This is how, this is how it was from the beginning. And this is how it's going to be going through. We don't have to be a lot of, we don't have to do a lot of politics because people will do it for us. That, you know, everybody has their own gift in that style. Um, and there'll be those that will protect us. But for the younger ones that are starting out, it's not about the money. My grandmother made it very clear to me in the beginning. She goes, you didn't buy that. Can I sell it? So I thought, hmm, paid for my education. I can sell that. And I'm very expensive. So that, you know, that mentality really helped me get to conferences and things like that and and be um, a, a big part of not only learning, but sharing 
Um, and, and it's great. And, I, and to this day, I still travel um, to other countries, which allows me to do that. So, you know, it's important that our people know it's not about us. It's not us who's doing all of this. You got to have your priorities straight. And when you can't do something, it's easy to say you can't do it and then find out why you can't than to pretend and hurt somebody or get hurt. So it's, um, like I said, the numbers will never go down in, across our state mm -hmm. because we have a lot of healers that are in their 90s still working. So I, you know, I looked at that. I, I'll never forget a Kupuna meeting I went to when I was 57. And at 57, I already had almost 30 years of service. And we're signing in, and the, the beautiful young woman there, she goes, Auntie, how old are you? And I said, oh, I'm 57. She goes, oh. <laughs> and I thought, oh. She goes, yeah. She goes, you know, to sit around the round table to make decisions, you have to be 75. I said, honey girl, I don't need to be at the round table. I, I can be way at the top, in the back. I'm, you know, I'm here. And I, I, for me, I marvel at all of these practitioners that preserved it for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they're 92, they're 89, they're still working. And I marvel on being educated. Of course, it didn't end up like that because, you know, Auntie Agnes Cope, she says, um, she just stopped the conference and she pulled me from the top to the floor. And I thought, you know, I'm old inside in spirit, young in body. So how, how do we keep that, you know, keep them healthy, keep, you know, so that practitioners can do the work into their 80s and 90s, you know, especially this generation. I know previous generations, life was a lot more simpler. It you was. I mean? It had its challenges. It did. Because I remember my grandmother, we had to learn how to awana when we were young. Because we lived by the beach. We had to learn to clean that ele ele, make sure no sand, because that was our food. We had to be able to fish, and we had to be able to hunt. Everybody, everybody worked. Not one person didn't work. Everybody works. And that's what today's society doesn't realize. Not everybody works. They don't. So if you can get that hui, you know, I always tell my children, I used to put on Kaleo Kalani. And they heard that music and they would go, oh, God, she's going to clean today. But you work hard, you play hard. It's simple. It's simple. That never changes. That never changes. Work hard, play hard. You work hard, you play hard. And that's when you bring in everybody, your whole family, and vice versa. You know, if you have to go to somebody's house because, you know, they've been sick and they haven't been able to do their yarding, we go as a hui and we take care of that yard in an hour and a half. We're out. That way they still continue to not, you know, take care of your healing. Take care of your healing. We're not enabling. We're helping you to help yourself. And that's what today is failing. A lot of people don't want to help. You know, they'll call up and say, Bra, you know, I need you. Can you come to me this afternoon? Oh, well, um, let me think. I think there's a football game on. The football game, not going to put food anymore. Not unless you're the football player. So it is about being able to be together with family. It is about being together with family. You know when people say they don't have any family, I can't believe that. You have extended family. People who have embraced you, 
The great Mahali says, you know, we have the right to incorporate them into our family and allow them to use what we own. Are they allowed to own it? No. But they're allowed to use it. And if we don't teach, if we don't educate, you know, then we have nobody else to blame but ourselves. Mm-hmm. And how do you um, take time for yourself? And, oh, you know, I don't. I have, to, I have a big family. Be able to, no. to keep yourself rejuvenated and maintain your money. Is it true your ohana and just it, the joy it is. of... It is. You know? It's about being with my family. It's about doing whatever, whatever is needed to be done or just to, in, <clears throat> to enjoy each other. Um, but it is about family. My house is never empty. And it doesn't have a lock on my door. How you like that? I live in a secure building and I never lock my door because my everybody comes and goes. But it is about being able to be with everybody. You know, it's it's we travel in a pack. It kind of reminds me of wolves. We travel in a pack. But it's, uh, you know, we're not always going to have everybody, but for the foremost, we will have majority. That's good. It's also bringing in those that live off island to come and enjoy. So, it, you know, whether it's my son saying, you know what, I'm going to take care of this, this ticket, I'm going to take care of that ticket. So nobody is burdened. Mm-hmm. It's expensive just to get here. And then you have holidays you can go to. You got five homes you can go to. You choose the house you're going to go. But just remember, you're Kuliana to take care of the house and to make sure you leave it the way you come in. I make my grandchildren take pictures when they go into the houses. Everybody's house. Take picture. You guys got all got phone. Take picture. That's how the house better look when you guys leave. Because there's pride in things that we own. So you take care of that. They take care of you. So this is how my family always is. It's always, it's always a big thing to celebrate no matter what it is or whom it's for. Um, so I'm, I'm, a great, I'm, I'm grateful to all my children and my grandchildren. And even those that are extended from... You know, my grandchildren's friends, their friends, my son's friends. So the, the number is endless. But that's how we stay well together. Because somebody might need me for something, at least they got a number. Mm-hmm. You know, and vice versa. You know, my kids go, you know, I need this. Oh, I know somebody. Wait, I'm going to call. And it's that. You know, on, on our island, we still barter. And that's basically what they need to do here is barter. Yeah. They need to barter. What kind of stuff was, was good bartering back in the days? Like, oh, let me tell you. If we are one of our fish, well, nowadays, today in Molokai, they've got the first um, slaughterhouse with USDA venison. It's our deer. It's our deer. It's all grass-fed. We didn't do any work at it. That's just what they ate. But, you know, if, we, if we're pig owners, you know, you, they can take one pig... And they can take a 500-pound pig, and they can feed the entire street a meal for two days. My children, would, Awana, would go fishing, or were fishermen, and they would go, and they would throw a net, and they would get all this fish, and they would stop at all the Kupuna's house and drop off fish. Lucky if we got one, come home. But we know our Kupuna's safe. We know that they're eating. You know, we have, we grow, all of us grow, you know, papayas, all the, all the stuff that we're used to, mm-hmm. to eating, um, even from their time. Um, we make to sure, share that. We share that. We share whatever we have to grow. 
but we never go, we'll never go hungry. I thought it was funny when I was here, and there was a um, tidal wave that hit uh, Big Island. No, they had an earthquake, and everything was gridlocked here. No power, no nothing. Tourists were just horrific, and I thought, oh my God, if I was home, I don't have this problem. You know, you have you have hibachis you can cook on. We we still gonna have water because we have house. We might not have hot water, but you know what? You can boil it on a hibachi. People just don't. They don't. They don't. Everything has to be convenient today, and that's not how we live. It's, it's, it shouldn't be about convenience. It should. If you didn't work at it, then you have no rights to it. And we talk about this among our children. If you didn't do anything to make that happen, you have no rights to that. You have no rights. So today, different, yeah? Different. Yeah, yeah. I know that when there comes time for me to retire, and I don't see that in my life, um, I will go home to Molokai because I'm going to eat there. But if you come to Molokai, Molokai is a 750% markup. So if you're coming and you want that bag of chips, you can pay for the bag of chips because you eat it all. But I go home and I get to eat my food, my food that's in the ocean, my food that's on the island. So I'm not gonna starve. I will never starve. We will never starve. We always, no. so long we stay connected to Aina, we will never that's starve. That's right. And as long as you stay connected to your people, you will not die. You will not die. And that's very important that we stay connected that you reach out to your family. You're always reaching out to your family. You're always going for a visit. If your family, no matter that can visit, at least make it an hour. Stay there an hour. Bring your whole couple. Stay there an hour. We're always, the biggest thing I always tell my children, the best conversations are over food. And it always has to be over food. So it's important. It's important. So, you know, families that, if you're one of those families that you don't connect with your brother, your mother, your father, reach out. Start with a telephone call. Just calling in to check, see how you are. I'm glad you're happy. Okay, gotta go. Every little bit, little bit, little bit becomes something big. Yeah. Because we gotta go back to that, that, that core value within the Ohana. Because right now what I see is pretty shattered. It's pretty shattered. So baby steps, take baby steps. So how important is, um, I like what you said earlier about turning the phone off when you're eating, but mm -hmm. eating together. together. Mm -hmm. It's important. Now, your wife, she work? She work. Okay. What time do you power? My schedule is kind of flexible, so you know, I'll make sure that uh, when she puts kipukalani down, we'll have <laughs> dinner on the table. That's know? the whole thing. That's the key thing. Today's schedules are different. My schedule is different than my husband's schedule. I'll go home first. My husband comes home at 11. But I will make sure that I eat with my family that's there. You know, it is about, it, it is, it is about, it's about learning to converse, mm -hmm. you know, about how your day was, frustrated, good day, not, not so good day, you know, how you're going to turn this. It's a way to be able to hear yourself talk and also come up with a solution at the same time. And that would prevent a lot of those problems from escalating within the Ohana Oh, store. yeah. That don't happen. That's not allowed to happen. Because I have big boys, and they will stop it before it starts. And they're real good about it. They're real good about it. 
I got one heavy hand, where one that's big hand, but you know, he's, he's a big teddy bear, but when he talks, it's everybody listens. You know, it's like that commercial. <laughs> but it, it has to be like that. You know, I, you don't raise a family by yourself. You raise your family with it. It takes a community to raise a family. And right now, our community is a little, is a little suffering. That's, I think that's a better way to say it. Because a lot of people, these values are, are part of their everyday life anyway. But you, we, I know that there are many families that are pretty shattered right now. So we help those that we can. Mm-hmm. We go out of our way to show up, you know, whether it be whatever. My son and them have a company and they make time to go to different districts to, you know, pass out t-shirts, pass out food, just come together, you know, just come yeah. together. If that's all it is, you know, even, and we make sure it's a short time so we, they don't feel that we're invading in their space. But it's, it's, it's just, you know, that just showing that loving, that caring, that, that it, it's okay. It's okay. You know, we're not here to judge you. We're here to give you, just pass on a little bit more love. That's all we're doing. I think that's important. It's you important. Know, mahalo, brother B, and Lelejo is fine for continuing to do that kind of stuff yeah. know, for our community. And yeah. We need more of um, bringing communities together. I think mm-hmm. it's very important. Mm-hmm. And remembering where we come from. That's really important. You got an art, share that art. Share that art because you got it from somebody. You were inspired by somebody. We know Keokwood designs our life but your art you're you're always you always have something because you're inspired by somebody so it's important that you use it you don't just bring it out when there's a beer on the table you bring it out at all times in the backyard in your bedroom in the living room wherever on the beach bring it and use it just don't table it and I think with today's community, I mean today's society, that's what they do. They they table, they you know, they table. They it's not part of their eating and breathing and sleeping. So, but you know, if we stick together, we're gonna make a big difference. I agree. I agree. <laughs> that community, that Ohana aspect is gonna right it's on. <laughs> Mahalo. You got any um, final words um, for you know for? Your mo'opuna or for, you know, I just, you know, my daughter is five months old, you know, so one day she's going to listen to this little kupa, you know. She's going to listen to this, and it's important, you know, and I so mahalo you because you are taking the words of those who wrote, who who went before us. Um, I think my words for the younger generation is that, if you're, if you are, your love is for the aina and you're doing the aulapa'au, try and find out what kupunas, as myself, have already laid down for you. So you're not taking the time and effort and the disappointment and argument about recreating a, a wheel. Um, there are laws out there that will protect you, you know, as long as you are abiding by that law. Um, and that's a law that was created by many, not by one. Um, we worked very hard, believe it or not. Um, it got passed because of a senator, a Chinese senator, to be exact, not from Hawaii. But it was our governor, Cayetano, that signed it. And I'm forever grateful, um, the values, and also on a federal level, I'm very grateful 
to have been a part of that for the up-and-coming generation of Native Hawaiian practitioners. Um, you know, love comes from Rien, and it starts with you. And if you don't know how to love, then how are you going to love? So it's important. Very, very, very important. Remember your kupuna. Remember, always remember what they said. If you don't have a kupuna in your life because they passed away um, before you were born, in, born, there's a kupuna for you. You need to be able to hear and hear the old stories. You know, never mind about <laughs> there were no TVs, <laughs> there was no radio. Remember what they actually did as a community and be part of that community. So that's my words for them. Mahalo Nui. Mahalo Nui once again to our guest today, Auntie Fran, Francine Duruata Gupa, for joining us on Leo Kupa. Mahalo to all our listeners. Leo Kupa is produced by myself and Mr. Kavika Brown. If you like this podcast, please share it with your ohanas. Subscribe to our mailing list at huimauliola.org where you can get information on some events coming up or practitioners in your area. Um, mahalo for the stories. Emo'olelo to Auntie Fran. Nui ke aloha. From Auntie Francine, Dudua Tagupa, Oawa Kamaka Nui Ha'ilono, Ola. E kia kua mauna loa lai lalo kekai, na aumakua ya kahina kua, kahina alo, kahikina komohana. Na kupuna, mahalo piha, e homai ka ike, ka ikaika kamana keola. Mania o ko, mania ma ko, mania ka ko, a ma ma uanoa, e ho o mana. Oh, hey.